Clay, I am having internal conflict right now because uh, I, we're going to timestamp this episode. We're recording this on a Wednesday. On a Friday, here in a couple of days, I'm going to go to my alma mater, Clemson University, mm-hmm. and I get to be a professor for a day. And my internal conflict <laughs> is that... Sounds like your dad's bringing you to work. <laughs> That's not what this is. Though, Which right? gets me thinking about the elf scene when he goes with his dad and he's like, oh, <laughs> that's a great dress. It's very purpley. Francisco, that's fun to say. So I'm just going to go use around. all those lines. I should. I'll just walk around and be like, you it's know, right. just go up to everybody. Ooh, so are these where you grade your paper? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Ooh, I like that jacket. It's very tweedy. All right, Clay, here we are. So we're on part two of three, what we're talking about, conflict, uh, fight club at work, office fight club. It's inevitable. That's what we talked about in the first episode. We got to change our mindset. Conflict is not a necessary evil. It's a necessary opportunity. You can grow. You're on a fact-finding mission. This will make the relationship stronger. This will make the team better. And so today we're going to take what, to me, and I think to you, feels like the next logical step in this journey, which is, all right, how? How do you start to have these hard conversations? When I work with leaders, I often, when we talk about conflict, I'll ask them, all right, which of these three is most difficult? Starting a hard conversation, being honest during a hard conversation, like really being vulnerable and talking about what you think or feel, or reconciling with somebody and being a good teammate or a good friend after a hard conversation? Which of those three is most difficult? And almost 90% of the time, they're raising their hand going, starting it. I don't know how to start it. And so that's what we want to talk about today. What are some best practices and some ways to start and to have a hard conversation? So do you have a go-to way that you get into these hard conversations? Something that you say or, yeah, what's your (laughs) go-to? I definitely think about, I mean, I've led teams, you've led teams, uh, been a part of teams as well, obviously. And I think about the ways that people have started them with me that I didn't appreciate. <laughs> I can think about that. Well, good. Go. Give me, give me one or two examples there. Cause sometimes well, that's how we can learn. On Friday at five, when I'm walking to my car, there you go. Timing. Yep. I'm thinking of the weekend, uh, or, you know, on Sunday morning at, you know, our church service would start at 9 a.m. So like 8.55, I'm like, now's not the time for this. Um, feeling ambushed by it, you know, when when it's like we went from, did you see, you know, the Hawks play the Mavs last night to I have 117 things that you've done to hurt me and I want to talk about them right now. So kind of feeling ambushed, that's not good either. Um, doing it out in the open, doing it out, you know, with everyone listening, it's kind of like you and your wife having a fight in front of the kids. You know, it's like, can we talk about this? You know, can we close the door? Um, I mean, those are some things that come to mind. So I guess if we were to craft a, all right, so the real life situation, if you've got to, you got to talk to your boss about something that hurt you or that's bothering you or that you feel like is not, you know, the most, one of the most common ones, Adam, is when you're now doing a job that you weren't hired for. That's not on your job description. That is a very common tension that people feel is I'm not getting paid for this now. This is not what I got hired for. This is not what's on my job description. But now everyone's expecting this out of me. And I don't know how to bring this up because if I bring it up, I'm going to sound like I'm not a team player or I don't care about the company. So how do I do it? What, what do you, what do you say to somebody? What's the best? Give it, draw it up. How do you actually, you send a text, you send an email, do you say, hey, 
can I grab some time with you? What would you do? Yeah, you barge in the door and you point a lot of fingers and you yell. <laughs> that that's I'm telling you, that's the way to do it. And that is the way to get their attention. No, um, it, it, there's a couple of things here. Maybe let's get a little nuanced because there's giving feedback and then there's also resolving conflict. And the way I'm going to say resolving conflict, oftentimes those two will lead or, or giving feedback will lead to conflict. But conflict is somebody has, in, in the way I'm thinking about it, somebody has done something that has hurt me. It has frustrated me. There is a negative emotion that I'm feeling that is making it difficult now for me to be in a healthy relationship with this person. There's a little fracture in that relationship. If the boss is asking me to do a bunch of things that are not on my job description, I'm annoyed by that, but I can still go to lunch with my boss. Or if I see my boss has a bad habit, I can go tell her about that or tell him about that. But that's not, it, it doesn't really impact the relationship too much. Um, and inevitably or eventually it could, but it doesn't too much right now. And so I, I think, um, let me share one thing that has been really helpful for me on how to start these conversations, because to me, I will hide uh, for years, I've hidden behind, ah, who am I, right? It, it's, just, it's just my thoughts, and I wouldn't put a lot of credence into my thoughts or my feelings, and oh, I shouldn't feel bad about that. And so I would hide behind all these excuses, because like I said in the last episode, I'm, I'm an avoider. I don't want to engage in these conversations. And what really freed me up to lean into these conversations a little bit better or or maybe more easy, easily is to recognize I'm just sharing my perspective and I'm just letting somebody know how I'm how I'm feeling or thinking. Uh, they don't know how I'm feeling or thinking. They can't read my mind, they can't get inside uh, my heart and know some of the emotions that are going on there. And it's just my perspective. I don't have all the data. I don't have all the facts. So I don't have to go convince them that everybody is saying this. All I have to be faithful to do is to share my perspective and how their behavior is impacting me. For some reason, that really freed me up and gives me a little bit of a framework now when I'm engaging in the conversation. And I'll typically do things, um, I will always try to do that in one-on-one or in private, try not to do that in public. Oftentimes, we'll set a meeting, if that makes sense, or I'll just go into the office and I'll put this little thing out there like a micro yes. Hey, can we have a hard conversation or can we talk about something important here for a few minutes? Just letting them know so that they're not feeling that ambush. So those are some tactical things. And then just say, I just need to share some observations with you. And I want to, and I know that you have a perspective on this too, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. That's and, a great way to get into it. Yeah. And so those are that that's been working for me lately and uh and so that's that's a way that I have been trying to coach leaders on how to engage in some of these conversations. The one of the early episodes we did uh this would probably wouldn't would have been a couple of years ago, but we did an episode on how to have hard conversations and I laid out this uh, simple little conversation guide that I have as a free resource on claysgroggins.com. You're welcome to go grab it if you would like. Uh, but I use these four A's, uh, affirm, ask, acknowledge, and advise as a simple little game plan for having the conversation, it, which it just helps me to have a model to think through a flow as I'm going through the conversation. And what you just shared was the affirm part. It's the, hey, I just, I care about you. Um, I like working here, and, but uh, we have this situation that happened in a meeting last week and I just wanted to share a few thoughts that I had about it. And I wanted to get your opinion about it as well to see if you saw it the same way. But the way I experienced it is I felt like my idea was minimized or my department was trashed or 
whatever it is that you may want to say, and probably the least accusatory language possible. And then it's asking, asking a few questions. Is that the way you saw it? Did, did you, did you intend to communicate that? Does it surprise you that I felt that way about it? I think those are some great questions that you can ask and then acknowledging what you hear back. Okay. So what I hear is that you're, you've got a lot of stress on your plate that your boss is putting on you. And so you weren't necessarily in the right mindset for that day. Is that fair to say? Um, so what I hear you say is you came off as more mad than you actually are about it. Is that the way you put it? Right. Because then it gives them a chance to hear it and go, no, well, that's kind of BS. That's not actually what I was feeling or, or maybe they'll go, yeah, that's actually exactly right. And, and then to advise and then to go, well, going forward, it would be wonderful for me if we could have that conversation before the team meeting. That would mean a lot to me. Is it, is that even possible? Is it, is it possible for you to give me that, you know, for you to trash our department before we get into the meeting with everybody else? <laughs> yeah. Don't do it in front of my team. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And if we were going to add an A in there, so maybe after a firm ask, it would be admit. And that, that I think when we really are in personal conflict with somebody, uh, the vulnerability, the courage for a lot of us is to admit that we feel something negative, admit that we're hurt, admit that we're frustrated, admit that we're feeling insecure. And so that takes a lot of courage there to not just say, I'm observing this behavior, maybe you could get a little bit better, but it's I'm observing this behavior and the impact that's having on me is, and then you've got to fill in the blank there and you've got to, you've got to try to be specific. And, and listen, uh, all of us as humans experience emotion, but not all of us are great at communicating our emotion. And one of the best tools I know out there is the feelings wheel. Literally just go type in Google feelingswheel.com. It pops up and it just... It takes your feelings and turns them into a multiple choice test. Uh, it takes it from an essay to a multiple choice test. So just read words and go, which two or three words do you identify with the most? Because when we are trying to resolve conflict and we are admitting how their behavior has impacted us, specificity and clarity is kind and helpful to that person. And so we need to be clear about the emotions that we felt. And we also need to be clear about examples of their behavior that has led to that feeling. And so we can't just go, you know how like a lot of times you're a jerk? Well, uh, it makes me feel bad. You know, you can't just say a lot of times you're a jerk. You have to give very specific examples. Trying to avoid that accusatory tone because once you start accusing and you start pointing fingers and you start to say, I know why you do it, once you start to assign a tent, now you're in it. Now somebody's going to dig in their heels and you're not going to have a healthy conversation from there on out. I mean, you're, you know, a real common feeling at work is not feeling trusted by someone. When you don't feel trusted by your boss or you don't feel trusted by someone in another department, it, that, that kind of relationship is fraught with hurt, right? But you're so right, Adam, that when you just say, well, I just don't feel like you trust me, it just is not that helpful. But to say specifically, when you minimize my idea or when you didn't give us an opportunity to work on that project, it made me wonder, have we not built enough trust with you? Uh, is there something we could do to build trust with you to where next time you might think I would like, I would like to be chosen for that? Because honestly, it, it hurt. It, it did. It, I didn't like the way it felt that we didn't get chosen for that. 
that's a hard conversation to have because you, you feel like oh, I'm being a baby or I'm, am I overreacting? What, what do you do when you, when, when you have all that stuff in your head of like, Oh, am I just being weak? Am I overreacting? Am I making a mountain out of a molehill? Yeah. My little test <clears throat> is if I have a, a multiple pretend conversations in my mind with somebody, then I know it's time to have a real one. And so if I'm driving around or exercising or walking the dog, whatever, and I, and I'm like, find myself, I'm zoned out and I'm, I'm having a real conversation of telling somebody what they've done, how they've hurt me, how they're wrong, whatever it is. That is just an indicator to me. I need to go have a real conversation with this person. And so now in that, uh, let, let's let's talk about a couple of different resources here. So we were making fun a little bit uh, on the last episode about uh, you know book titles that are just blank conversations. One of the ones I really liked, so Crucial Conversations, Difficult Conversations. I loved Difficult Conversations written by the team over there at the Harvard Negotiation Project. The thing that they helped me with the most is that what causes so many conflicts just to spin their wheels is when you and I get together and we try to talk about what happened, if we dig in our heels and I want you to agree that my version of the facts is the right version, we will never get to the point where we can talk about our emotions, our impact, and reconcile. And so I I many times just give up, uh, and I do this, and I think and it's a helpful and healthy thing, and I think that's what, what the, the Harvard Negotiation Project would tell us to do. Just share your perspective and then be curious about their perspective and don't seek to have the exact same perspective because that's never going to happen. We all have different filters and different things, and we're viewing it different ways. And so you used the analogy in the last episode of, of the putt, right? The, the golfer that is looking at a putt from two different perspectives. You can go over there and look at the putt from their side and from your side, but you're not going to agree. If I'm standing up on a hill and you're, you're looking at a downhill putt and I'm looking at an uphill putt, they're not the same, and we can't be like, no, it's downhill, but no, it's uphill. And those are the most difficult putts, right? When you're like, well, from here, it looks like it breaks right, That's but when right. I go to the other side, it looks like it breaks left. What am I going to do about that? It's just, really it helps difficult. you understand this idea that uh, what if everybody is reasonable? And what I mean by that is everybody does something for a reason. And so when you can understand their version of the facts, their version of what they're, how they view that situation, then guess what's going to make a lot of sense? whatever emotions they felt as a result of that, because they, they're they connected. So what they're seeing is is why they're feeling a particular way. That's been immensely helpful for me. It's just going, I don't think my wife or my coworker or my son is going to see this perspective the exact same way or, or see the situation from the exact same perspective. That's not going to happen. All I can do is be faithful to share, here's how I'm seeing it. Now tell me, how are you seeing it? Oh, okay, that makes sense. So we didn't intend to hurt one another here. Uh, we had a lack of information. Okay, now that we know that, we can talk about the emotions. We can ask forgiveness. We can move on, and uh, and that's been very helpful for me engaging in these conversations. My biggest takeaway from crucial conversations, Adam, is that the goal to have any great conflict, if you're going to have high stakes emotional conversation about hurt or about frustration or discouragement or insecurity, there has to be emotional safety in the in the room in the relationship, and you can't you can't make that happen. But you can do everything that you can do to make sure that you're at a place where you're as objective as possible, as neutral emotionally as possible, seeking to really try to understand what they're feeling. It's imperative for every one of us to figure out, all right, what what is all that I can do to make sure that I'm going to create as much safety as possible so that there's even an, 
a potential, a possibility that we might get to the point where we find some resolution. Good. That was really helpful for me. That's good. Okay. So, uh, the right perspective to have with these difficult conversations is this is an opportunity. Now today we're talking about what are some ways to engage in these conversations. Uh, some of the best practices we're talking about, do it in private. This is not something to do out in public. Be thoughtful about timing. So especially if you need to go have a hard conversation with your boss, don't do it three minutes before they go into a big meeting. Be thought, Don't do it at the end of the week. Be thoughtful about the timing on some of that. When you do sit down and, and have the conversation, uh, frame it up real quickly. Hey, I, I need to talk about something that may be hard. Um, just, just say that, or can I give you some feedback or can we talk about something that happened the other day and go back and revisit that, that gives them time to respond. You get a micro yes is what it's called there that can be helpful. And then your little formula there, it's not a formula, but these, these A's that can be very helpful. Affirm, ask, I'm going to put admit maybe as a, as a fifth A in there, admit how you're feeling, acknowledge, and then advise, uh, listen, that's not going to solve every conflict problem we have, but that is a those are some really great best practices right there to start to engage in those hard conversations. So uh, next episode, we're going to talk about some other pitfalls to avoid uh, that I think will be really helpful. But Clay, any any final thoughts as we wrap up this episode? I'm excited about talking about the some of the bombs that I have stepped in. Yes. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> that hopefully uh, I, I am learning the older I get on how to avoid those. Uh, but I, yeah, I, I love the concept of talking about, all right, what are the, what are the ways that most of us get this wrong? We'll, we'll be sure to share some of our, some of our worst moments as well. So I hope you'll, yes. hope you'll be back for part three of this series on conflict. All right, Clay, good to be with you. Well, that's all we got for today's episode of the How to Lead podcast. You can always reach out to us via email. We can be reached at info at howtolead.work. That's info at howtolead.work. Every episode is mixed and edited by the team over at Sound of a Rose. You can learn more about them at soundofarose.com. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you again next time.